Welcome to Two in a Pew. I am so excited for today's conversation. We have Melanie Barnett Ober. She is the Community Development Director at Room in the Inn, which is one of my favorite mission organizations here in Nashville, Tennessee. She's been with them for over nine years, volunteered for many years before that, and her background is pretty awesome. She has a background in marketing, working for a creative agency, which she has transitioned over into working in mission and outreach, and it's just an honor to get to talk to her about faith and creativity today. I want to welcome Melanie. Thank you so much for coming and doing this with me. Absolutely. Pleasure to be here. It is, um, it's an honor to talk to you because I love your background. It's um, such a cool way to transition into mission, so I want to get into that uh, a little bit later, but I want to start with a little bit about Room in the Inn, particularly where you're at right now. It's such an incredible organization. Can you just tell us a little bit? I know that it started basically as a sandwich ministry with one guy, one church, and has grown to being something that now is a model for other organizations in different states, which is really incredible. So um, tell us a little bit about what Room in the Inn is and kind of the story about it. Sure. So, um, so Room in the Inn, we're actually getting ready to start our 38th winter season yeah. this year, November 1st, which is um, which is pretty awesome, mm-hmm. you know. And um, like you said, it did start with one person. Um, Father Charles Strobel was a priest at Holy Name Catholic Church in East Nashville. Mm-hmm. And he had already started um, a food kitchen. It's called Loaves and Fishes, which is still, it still exists and mm-hmm. functions over at Holy Name. Um, and through, you know, through his parish and, you know, he was the pastor there and priest there and, um, the Corps of Engineers, you know, where the Titans play right Mm -hmm. now, they were starting to clear that area for development. And in the process that displaced the individuals who were camping there, who Mm -hmm. had the little shacks living on the river. Um, you know, so, and, and they didn't really consider them homeless back then in the eighties, but Mm -hmm. they were poor, you know, it was, it was the poorest people living in poverty and, um, Charlie was already meeting a need by feeding those individuals. And, and you know, there's a lot of volunteers and people that were working with him and helping. Um, but when they were displaced, they started sleeping in their cars in the church parking lot. Mm. And he always told us um, if he, he was the closest parking lot, wow. if his church had been down the road, it would have been someone else's opportunity. But, mm-hmm. but it was his. And um, so one night it was very, very cold. And Charlie knew that those those men and women were sleeping in their cars. Mm-hmm. And so instead of just rolling over and trying to go to sleep, he he went outside and he asked them to come inside into the church. Mm-hmm. Um, and they did. And he said, you know, I knew that that they would be back the next night. And I knew that I wanted them to come back, you know. And so he already knew a lot of those individuals, but immediately called some people and asked, you know, can you bring some donuts in the morning? Can you bring some coffee? You know, and um, and he made them peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, that's kind of a romantic story for sure. But the truth is he was a, a bachelor who only knew how to make peanut butter <laughs> and jelly sandwiches, yeah. um, which is really, really kind of cool because it you can offer what you can do, mm-hmm. you know, and I think that's um, one thing that Charlie was really good at, you know, um, as you know, he passed away, yes. um, on, on August 6th, just, just a few weeks ago. And, mm-hmm. um, so it's been, uh, it's been a journey and it's been really, um, inspiring mm-hmm. to reflect on his life right now, honestly, and, yeah. and how Room in the Inn started and how it grew and, 
just his advocacy for those experiencing homelessness. Um, he believed everyone deserved a home. Mm-hmm. So Charlie, uh, you know, he that's how Room in the End started, mm-hmm. was just a, a response to a need that was in his in his parking lot, right outside mm-hmm. his door. And since then, you know, we're, we're starting our 38th winter season this year. Um, we now have a comprehensive center downtown. It's a single side of service for anyone experiencing homelessness. Um, and our goal is just, uh, you know, we want people to feel welcomed. Mm-hmm. We want people to feel like they have a place to land and to belong more mm-hmm. than anything. Um, we want to address those basic needs. Yeah. Um, somewhere to take a shower, somewhere to get your laundry done, have a meal, check your email, charge your phone, mm-hmm. make a phone call if you don't have a phone. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if, if, you're, if you're unhoused, you don't have an address. Okay. So we have over a thousand people who get their mail at, at our campus. Um, so just being able to have all those resources in one place mm-hmm. makes it so much, um, we don't want to make it easier for them to remain where they are. We want to make it easier so they can t- take those steps forward. Right. You know, that is, that is the biggest thing is once we meet those basic and essential needs, then we can help them you know, address the things that are, that are mm-hmm. holding them back from, from having that, that stability in life, whether that's income or uh, connection to family, connection to health mm-hmm. resources, you know. Um, but ultimately, we want people to, to be housed. That, that right. is our goal. It's such a holistic way to look at it because I think oftentimes people think about homelessness and they think about, well, there's people that for some reason don't have a house. And then it kind of ends there or right. we need to feed people, which is a great, a great thing to be doing. But when you th- think about it as actual people, mm-hmm. you have to think about the whole picture, the whole person. And that's what Room in the End does, which is so inspiring to me because you really do address, like you said, the basic needs, yeah. but also thinking about the bigger picture and addressing the whole, um, the wholeness of the person and the wholeness of the needs, right. which is as they are for anyone different based on the individual. Right. Absolutely. Um, I know just from being there that um, things like the cafe, which where mm-hmm. they can come eat and dignity is really prioritized there, which is amazing hospitality. Um, what are, and you've mentioned already some of the other programmings that happen there or ways that you're able to meet needs. What about um, some of the programs themselves? There's, there's a lot of uh, group programming there. Yes. So, um, you know, especially when people come into our day center, you know, a lot of people will be like, this doesn't look like a shelter. Yeah. <laughs> and that's by design. It, mm-hmm. it looks like a university center, somewhere mm-hmm. where you can come in, hang out. If you want to just sit all day inside and come in out of the elements, that's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, our staff are going to talk to you. Yeah. They're going <laughs> to invite you to participate in the different things that are going on, mm-hmm. um, like the cafe, like um, different classes. You know, um, we uh, our education programming and engagement activities um, we don't want people to just come into a building. We want them to come into the community. Mm-hmm. And um, that's how they're going, going to heal mm-hmm. in, in so many ways. Um, if there's 200 people in our, in our building, there are 200 scenarios. Right. Every person is unique. They're, um, the reason that they found themselves coming through our door is different. Mm-hmm. Um, it. If there was a single cause of homelessness, then we could work really hard and we could get, we could fix it. Mm-hmm. And that, and that's not the case, unfortunately. Right. So we do what we can, but with our programs, um, we have a lot of, uh, 
classes that, that are volunteer-led or staff will lead them, mm-hmm. um, anger management. There were some art classes. Uh, we have a yoga instructor that comes every mm-hmm. other week who um, they do chair yoga, which is kind of yeah. kind of fun, you uh-huh. know, um, you know, and, and, and activities. And, you know, we have uh, partners like Country Music Hall of Fame comes and teaches mm-hmm. a songwriting class. Mm-hmm. We have Nashville Shakespeare Festival will come and they'll read through a play together, you know. So mm-hmm. it's, it's ways um, for people to feel productive yeah. in their day to engage different parts of themselves, you know, the creative side, the emotional side, um, and kind of escape Mm -hmm. their, their issues and problems for the day, for the moment, you know, Mm -hmm. and, um, there's such, uh, that's a process, you Mm -hmm. know, to, to be able to get to that point and, and, and to be able to, um, you know, learn something new about yourself. I think that that's an even bigger part of it. Um, so that's that's for our day day services and people mm-hmm. who are using, um, you know, just from the general population. Um, we do have transitional housing programs. So we have a program uh, that's specific for veterans, mm-hmm. um, people who are experiencing homelessness and um, just need some some structure and some help mm-hmm. to get their affairs in order, to connect to entitlements. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, our our goal is income to help people with income, so that maybe employment that may be, you know, benefits, you know, we ju- you just yeah. don't know. Again, everybody is unique. Mm-hmm. Um, but that process is overwhelming. Yes. You know, even, even for you and I, Oh yeah. you know, um, having to get a replacement social security card, mm-hmm. uh, getting a new driver's license, those kind of things, it changes often, mm-hmm. you know, as far yeah. as like where the office is located and Right. And in Nashville, they change the roads because yeah. there's so much construction. So it's like <laughs> I know that's right. Where, <laughs> where do I go? Where do I park? Yes. You know, um, I'm very I'm very lucky that I have a car and I have a phone where I can search. Right. And I have time to go back and forth. Access to a computer. Access to a computer. All all those things. But if if you're in survival mode, mm-hmm. I, what, how can you even start to right. think that? Mm-hmm. So being able to come in and have somebody, it's kind of like the guidance counselor, you mm-hmm. know, or, or your parents, just kind of help you, you know, not with all 10 steps, but at least that next one. Sure. You know, and, and that builds confidence and that that offers um, them the opportunity to, to grow some of that confidence in them so then they can start navigating a little bit right. more. Yeah. Um, so, it, you know, with, with our veterans program, and then we have um, people who are recovering from illness or injury coming from the hospitals. Mm-hmm. Um, our guest house is for uh, social detox. Mm-hmm. So that's in partnership with Metro Nashville. Um, publicly intoxicated individuals are welcome to come to the campus and stay at the guest house. So an mm-hmm. officer may engage with someone and bring them to to have a warm meal when they wake up and to just have a safe place to rest. Mm-hmm. Um, we believe it's a medical issue, not a criminal one. Sure. So how can we connect those individuals, not just to safety in the moment, but to opportunities to grow and recover mm-hmm. in the long run? Um, that, that invitation is always extended. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you're, I love what you said earlier that your goal is not to, help people stay where they're at, but it's to move forward in the next step. And you just named multiple different ways that people um, can be moving forward depending on where they're at. I spoke to, um, last time I was there, I served alongside someone who had been through the uh, veterans programming that you offered. And um, 
now has a job and has is really back on his feet and it changed his entire life. And this is yeah. someone that had served our country and then uh, found himself in a difficult position. Yeah. Um, but those, pr- I just loved having that conversation and hearing from someone who got to make that next step because of the way that you all are, are, um, assisting holistically, which is so awesome. Um, and it's clearly effective because you all have been asked at many times to come and share the model with different, different, uh, organizations or people in different States that want to be starting something similar or need help, uh, getting that going. Um, how have you seen that come to fruition? Um, you know, I think, uh, how it, how it really started, you know, with Room in the Inn 38 years ago, lots of different churches and congregations mm-hmm. would, would partner, you know. Um, so if you have 10 congregations and then there's 20 volunteers in each one and, you know, it, it spreads quickly. There's a lot of people who are involved um, in, in the ministry. Mm-hmm. Um, people don't always stay put, you know, where they right. are. So several volunteers actually moved to other cities mm-hmm. and they saw a need and they were like, we could do that here. Yes. And so they became the champions in in that new community of bringing that organization together. And mm-hmm. you know, from from our perspective, we will share all of our tricks. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we will we will share our policies and procedures, and they can come and see how we're doing it, um, and get ideas, mm-hmm. and and know what their capacity is, what the need is in mm-hmm. their community. Um, and then build their own program, but take some of the the cues from how we do it. Um, the big one is the winter shelter program. Um, we, you know, handle the logistics. The, the downtown campus really serves like the airport. We know how many seats are available, how many beds within the community. So we have a system where our guests know if they for sure have a bed or not for the night. And if they don't, they have plenty of time to get to the mission. You know, right. that that is something that's very, very important to us is to be transparent and above the table Mm-hmm. So that people have full information and they can make decisions with time, you know, time. Um, we're trying to help them move from that reactionary way of living, you know, mm-hmm. um, but knowing, you know, who's coming, who's hosting, how many beds are available, and then volunteers come and pick up the guests. They take them back to the fellowship hall or a classroom space or or whatever is available. And other volunteers are providing a meal and then, other volunteers are staying overnight, you know, so there's a lot of different people who are contributing and it is at no cost to us mm-hmm. at the campus and it's at no cost to the city. Right. Um, but people of faith are able to serve mm-hmm. in a very practical way. Absolutely. You know, you, you don't have to convince someone that if somebody's hungry, we should feed them, right. <laughs> you know, like that, that's a mm-hmm. no brainer. Right. Um, but that whole model of, of sheltering individuals is very cost effective. Mm-hmm. Um, and then funds for, for homeless services can be used for the next step. You know, if we're not having to figure out how to shelter, you know, at a, a huge expense, it is very expensive to oh, do yes. in, in a city environment. Um, but to invite the community to help, then we can focus on f- housing. Mm-hmm. You know, we can focus on services. We can focus on health initiatives, you know, all those different things that, that they also need, mm-hmm. you know, like I said, if it was one thing to fix it, yeah, I'd work myself out of a job tomorrow. Right. You know, which is so. kind of what makes it a creative endeavor because you're not just thinking about in mission and this can be applied to mission of, of any sort. Mm-hmm. Um, but 
sometimes we think about things of like, well, this is the way that works. So we do it this one way, or this is the way that it's always been done, but shaking that off a bit. And that, that you mentioned this a bit with talking about extending it um, into other areas and starting new plants and new spots. But um, when you shake off the expectation of this is the way it's always been done. So this is the way we have to do it. Um, that's kind of, it becomes very limiting, mm-hmm. but creativity is all about staying flexible, right. looking at the individual person, looking at the actual need, what it is now, what is it tomorrow? What is it the next day? And how, right. especially if the goal is to move people to the next step and the next step and not to keep them where they're at, you have to stay flexible with that. If creativity invites others into the picture, which is exactly what you're doing. And it's so, I mean, that is what our faith is all about is to take the way that we have been equipped by God mm-hmm. and the charge we've been given to care for each other and figure out, well, how can we do that? How can we do that the right. best way for that person? Right. I would love to just read this because you mentioned um, Charlie Strobel mm-hmm. or Charles. Um, when you spoke about him, I'm just going to read directly your words because I love the way you said he believed that making room in our lives for all people and circumstances made room for God. I love that. Um, Also, that he believed spending time with people who were different and thought differently than he did was the best way to reach creative and lasting solutions to injustice. I'm just going to say that one more time because I feel like that's so, so, so true. Spending time with people who were different and thought differently than he did was the best way to reach creative and lasting solutions to injustice. That's amazing. I feel like that says a lot about him and why he started this in the first place, but really about the way that he lived his life. Absolutely. And yeah, can you expand on that just a little bit? Absolutely. Um, You know, uh, it's it's really funny, um, you know, over the past month, we've spent a lot of time with his family, Mm -hmm. you know, with his nieces and his sister and nephews. And, um, you know, one of the nieces said, you know, uh, a lot of people called him father. You know, they still called him Father Strobel. Um, his family called him Charles. Okay. And all of his friends, which were many, <laughs> called him Charlie. Mm-hmm. And um, I love how even that shows how his relationships with people were very personal mm-hmm. and very intentional. And, um, you know, I've got, I've gotten to spend a lot of time looking at different photos and, you know, putting together some, some publications to honor him you know, mm-hmm. um, honor our founder. And the more I dig and the more I talk to people and I see reflections about him, you know, he he was such a unique person and that he just loved being with people. Mm-hmm. And it didn't matter, you know, what they believed, where they had been, what they were going to do. He loved people. Mm-hmm. And he made sure they knew that, you know, and, and how he lived his life. Like you said, um, you know, one thing that uh, so, someone shared that um, he he contacted them over over COVID mm-hmm. and was just, you know, talking with them. And, and the gentleman is actually from the Islamic Center in Nashville here. And through their conversations, they had they both liked baseball. So they would go to baseball games together. They would oh, go have yeah. breakfast together. Mm-hmm. And um, Charlie asked him, you know, is there a verse from the Quran that would provide comfort right now? Yeah. And so the man shared with him, mm-hmm. and then he asked the same of Charlie, and Charlie shared scripture mm-hmm. to encourage him as well. And I just thought that was such a beautiful mm-hmm. story because it really showed 
um, the humanity that yeah. Charlie had and the understanding and the acceptance. Um, but he also was very strong in his faith at the same time. Mm-hmm. And he, he wasn't, um, you know, when, when I would sit down with him, I've, I've known Charlie for close to 20 years, mm-hmm. but, you know, before as a volunteer and then working very closely with him for mm-hmm. the last, you know, nine years. Mm-hmm. Um, often when you would sit down with him, he would say, where are you in the scriptures right now? Wow. And, and it wasn't, what are you reading? Yeah. <laughs> it yeah. was, uh, where do you see your life? Where do you mm-hmm. see yourself landing in in the scriptures? Because he saw that that was core to who we were as mm-hmm. as as people of faith. Yeah. Um, he also looked for the goodness, you know, and that's something um, I heard him say a hundred times to different people, and I've heard it, him say it to me. Um, you know, we'd be going over a letter or reviewing something, and he would just stop and he'd look and he'd smile. He had this this twinkle smile and he would say, you just don't know how good you are. Oh. You don't understand the goodness that is inside of you. Wow. And he would say that to me. Mm-hmm. He would say that to the the men that he would sit down and have lunch with in our, day, in our dining room. Mm-hmm. Um, he would say that to the mayor or to the governor mm-hmm. or to our mailman. Mm-hmm. You know, like we were all part of that, his community, you know, mm-hmm. and his friends. And um, it, it was just like, he was so intentional in, in building those relationships wow. and very comfortable, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, he was just very magnetic in, in those those senses and yeah. how that translated to room in the end, you know. Um, he was unashamed to, to ask and to mm-hmm. invite people mm-hmm. and to come be a part or just to come see it. You know, yeah. that was the biggest thing. And and you've been to the yeah. campus. It is very hard to adequately describe mm-hmm. what all we do. Right. But when you see it, you get it. Absolutely. You know? When you meet the people that we're working with, that we're supporting, who are who are also supporting us, mm-hmm. you know, it, it is truly a community yeah. um, that we get to be a part of. And mm-hmm. I'm just very thankful that I get, get to continue working Absolutely. there. Absolutely continue his legacy in so many ways. Seeing the goodness. Um, I yeah. love, I love that so much. It really touches my heart and probably anyone listening. Um, cause in any, any path that you're taking your own family, your, um, your, your business job, your mm-hmm. nursing job, your where ministry job, wherever you're wherever. at, um, looking at people and looking for the goodness mm-hmm. oftentimes is what sparks the idea or it sparks Absolutely. the leaning in and the leaning forwards, um, which may be part of this idea that he, him thinking that it's the best way to reach creative and lasting solutions to injustice. Mm-hmm. If you're looking for goodness in others, you're right. looking for ways to be of service and to create, create goodness. If you right. see goodness, you want to create goodness instead right. of looking at a problem and finding solutions for problems. If you're seeing goodness, you want to create goodness and that makes its own solutions, yeah. which is amazing. So you've been with Room in the Inn, but your background before that, you actually, so you were a marketing major mm-hmm. um, at MTSU, which I also went to MTSU. Go so Blue. Go Blue Raiders. <laughs> um, but uh, you're a Middle Tennessee native. Mm-hmm. You did marketing as your major, and then you worked at a creative agency yes. um, before you went into mission and outreach, mm-hmm. which is a really unique background. Actually, a lot of times people go into it from a different angle. You come came into it from the creative right. business world. How have you uniquely used that 
to apply into where you're at right now. I think that could be helpful to a lot of people because <laughs> yeah. people come from all different areas into the next step. Absolutely. How about you? Well, and I and I think the thing that you have to understand too is um, the money really is in nonprofit work, mm-hmm. um, not business. I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm I'm like, kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you know, so many people, I think um, people of faith, especially mm-hmm. who are working corporate jobs or, or business jobs, there's always that tug of what difference am I making mm-hmm. in my, in in this world and and through my life? And um, I didn't feel called into ministry. That's not mm-hmm. why I left the the job at the creative agency. Um, I was burnt out. Yeah, you know, and and so <clears throat> things happen for a reason. Conversations mm-hmm. and people come in and out of your lives at the right time, and and that's you know it's a long story, but that's how I ended up you know, actually working at Room in the Inn after being a volunteer for a number of years. Um, but, you know, with with my experience as a project manager for many years, and and it was very specific, um, like in a technical uh, creative agency, we did a lot of um, museum exhibits, the techno, you know, the touchscreens and the projections and mm-hmm. um, that kind of thing. We did a lot of educational curriculum. So I know way more about the different parts of attire um, <laughs> than, than I should. Amazing. Um, so, we'll just talk about that later. Yeah, we'll yeah. talk about that later. Um, <laughs> but you know, those, those kind of, it's, it's an amazing skill set, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's all about like communicating and it's mm-hmm. all about the messaging. And and it's not very different from from preachers and pastors, you know, and, and public speakers, you know. When, when you are communicating it's not just what's the message and they're going to get it. You know, you have to consider all the other things. And so whether it's an education curriculum on the parts of attire mm-hmm. or the new product line, or it's learning about, um, you know, the music coming out of Bakersfield in the 1950s, mm-hmm. you know, whatever it's about, you have to understand what the prior knowledge is, what the, what the noise might be for, for the listener mm-hmm. and, you have to consider those things as you craft the message and deliver it, you know, so how you deliver it, what you are trying to deliver, you know, all those different things. There's so many factors of that. And that's really what I took from, I mean, I, there's a, you know, I know how to do mail merge and things too, yeah. <laughs> but uh, that's really what I took from the marketing agency, um, the creative agency and, and have been able to apply at Room in the Inn. Mm-hmm. Um, my, my role there, I'm, I'm the community development director. So I work with our donors, our, our, the foundations that we partner with. Um, you know, my, my teammate and I will, we write the grants, mm-hmm. we handle all the messaging, you know, on our websites and social media and any requests for podcasts mm-hmm. and, <laughs> um, yeah. you know, media and, and just, just any kind of communication that it, everything that goes outside of the agency comes through that filter. And um, the challenge, uh, and, and Charlie used to always say this, he was like, you know, what we're selling here at Room in the Inn isn't really that great. You know, like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, our, our yeah. services to the community, but sure. when we invite people to come be a part of it, it, it is a challenge because there's so much stigma that surrounds homelessness and mm-hmm. there's so much... Um, you know, I don't have control over what happens in downtown Nashville. Right. And and people have traumatic experiences where who knows who is, is truly at fault, but one experience can define a whole population Absolutely. for a lot of people. Um, so my role, I really do see 
as um, showing the other side of the coin, mm-hmm. you know, and, and you've been to the campus mm-hmm. and you've seen, you've seen the goodness yeah. that, that is in the community. Um, the thing I've learned most though is community is messy when it's, when it's real. Mm-hmm. And so if I'm having a bad day and I snap at one of my coworkers, mm-hmm. they know me, they know my heart and there's grace there. Right. I'm going to go home. I'm going to go to bed early and I'll be better tomorrow. Yeah. If you're having a bad day and you don't have a home, you don't even have a place to be by yourself. It's hard to reset, yeah. you know? And so that little bit of grace and that little bit of understanding, um, and, it, and it's looking for that goodness, but it's also assuming positive intention. Mm-hmm. You know, if somebody has an outburst because we didn't have the kind of deodorant that they were looking for today, right. it's not about the deodorant. <laughs> right. they, they don't have control over most things in their life. Yeah. And so that was the, the tipping point for mm-hmm. them, you know. Mm-hmm. And I've cried because I ran out of cheese at home before. Let's be right. honest, you know, like <laughs> we've all had our moments, we, girl. We, absolutely. <laughs> you know, and, and I think that's all of us can relate to yeah. being out of control mm-hmm. and not being able, you know, a, a lot of people who are unhoused don't even get to pick what they have to eat. Absolutely. It's a take it or leave it situation. Yeah. Always. Mm-hmm. And th- when you think about those kind of things, it's like, well, no wonder they're they're not mm-hmm. happy and skippy all the time. Yeah. You know, how, how can you be? It's amazing. It's amazing what, uh, it's amazing what was started with Room in the End from the mm-hmm. very beginning. It's incredible the way that it's been able, by the efforts of all the volunteers and the staff and everyone involved in the community mm-hmm. um, that's participating, the efforts, what, what that has created and how it's grown. Um, and it's amazing what the potential is just because you are thinking outside the box, thinking creatively about meeting needs in the community. Mm-hmm. So if that is inspiring to anyone that's watching right now or listening right now to this podcast, um, I hope it is. It inspires me so deeply. Um, and it really can be applied in any area that you feel called towards or that you are um maybe already working in and just Mm -hmm. need a fresh perspective or need a little inspiration and a reminder that what good you are doing now and what good you see can be expanded and grown. Um, I know you have a few things coming up. We're going to go ahead and put a couple uh, little additional questions on our Instagram page. So make sure after this, if you want to hear a little bit more to go to the Instagram page. But before I let you go, um, can you just tell us about what is coming up a little bit? I know you mentioned this is the 38th year, which is incredible for the winter um, overnight housing um, program that's starting in November. Um, Tell us just a little bit about what is coming up for y'all. If anyone is inspired to maybe participate, if you are in the Nashville area or um, know of a a program or community like this in your area. Sure. So, you know, November 1st is when we start the shelter program. It goes through March 31st every year. And um, as you know, Tennessee weather, it could be, Mm -hmm. you know, 100 degrees tomorrow and then 30 degrees next Tuesday. (laughs) That's just how how it's kind of kind of crazy. But. Um, you know, the, the intention is to offer during the coldest months, which mm-hmm. really are, you know, January and February, especially. Right. So um, we partner with local congregations. There's, um, you know, prior to the pandemic, there was close to 200. Um, and we're, we're working to re-engage mm-hmm. um, a lot of the, the volunteers and, mm-hmm. and groups to, to be back in, in service with us. Um, 
but it's hard, you know, and um, it's hard to to reset in, mm-hmm. in a lot of ways. But um, offering shelter really isn't that difficult. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's easy. It's, um, you know, you may think you need showers or you may need this, you may need mm-hmm. that. And, and really you don't, you know, you need a willingness of, of your volunteers mm-hmm. um, to know how to do hospitality, which, mm-hmm. you know, in, in the South, there are plenty of sweet families who know how to offer yep, hospitality. That's right. There's not a lacking in but, hospitality no, down here. That no. is for sure. There's desserts on every counter yeah. <laughs> when, you, when you're in the church world. <laughs> that's um, right. So, you know, just trying to... I think people are intimidated by the idea, but that's something that we can talk through and answer your questions and mm-hmm. and help help you with that structure. But mm-hmm. um, the need is great. I mean, there are a lot of people who deserve a place to mm-hmm. be and to be safe and to be able to rest. Mm-hmm. And um, it's, a, it's an opportunity for them to, um, a lot of people have been hurt by the church mm-hmm. or by congregations. And so it's a, it's a grace Mm-hmm. Two, you know, um, we just have to accept people for where they are mm-hmm. in, in that process, you know, and, and love them. And that's how mm-hmm. transformation happens right? for sure. But um, we need more congregations to participate with us. Mm-hmm. Um, we, uh, the last several years, we have only been able to offer overnight shelter to the men mm-hmm. in our community. And um, we, we want to welcome women mm-hmm. again, but we need more people to help us in order to do right. that. We want to be consistent. Um, so, you know, there's just a lot of moving pieces, but we want to talk to people. We want them to come to the campus and Mm -hmm. see what's happening, um, see how we're serving. And, Mm -hmm. and, you know, when you see it, you start to get creative of, Hey, I can plug in here. Mm -hmm. I can do that. You know, Mm -hmm. um, it's not as intimidating for sure. Or I can take this back with me and do something where I'm at. Uh, in my own life and, oh, we have this gym or we have this whatever. And Absolutely. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. And also seeing the programming, um, which you can go on. You all have a website as mm-hmm. well. So that's something that you can look at if you are in the Nashville area and you're interested in volunteering in some way, or if you are outside the Nashville area and you want to take a look at the way the programmings are put together or talk to somebody, um, that information is available on the website. If you can tell mm-hmm. the website, we'll have that written down as well. But. Sure. It's uh, Room in the Inn. Dot org is our website. Mm-hmm. Um, we update our Facebook page and our Instagram very mm-hmm. often. So it's at Room in the Inn. Amazing. Is our Instagram and Facebook. So like us and follow us. Yes. For sure. Absolutely. Um, There's so much information to, um, I could talk to you for forever. Um, I hate to cut <laughs> us off, but I, because I, I could talk about this forever. I'm just so inspired by the way that you all move in mission. You. And um, and my hope is that it's inspiring to others in the callings on their heart um, mm-hmm. that there's just, I love, I think I, I feel like the key here is that looking for the goodness, mm-hmm. creating goodness is just uh, so powerful. Yeah. So thank you for sharing that. Thank you for talking Absolutely. with me today. And then um, also just if you're watching or listening, head over to our, our Instagram page and we're going to have a, a little bit more there. So thank you so much, Melanie. I really appreciate you so much for being here. Oh, and, thank you. Um, thank for you for all the opportunity. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Yeah.